And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day. Good morning, two and three. With Morocco, Seth, and Mando. Tune in live at 10 30. And it's all on the road radio. It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, 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 guys, welcome to Rug Radio, Wednesday, 22nd of February, 2023, the, uh, the first Rug Radio of the year without Farouk, Farouk is in Paris, I believe, uh, gallivanting on, uh, on the Champs-Élysées, going handbag shopping, getting his hair done. Um, he's at a fashion conference. I think he's in his own uh, and, and that kind of stuff. But you have uh, you have myself and Mando. How are you doing, Mando? I'm good, man. How are you? Can you hear me? I can't hear you, by the way. I don't know if that's just me. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I can hear you now. You can hear me yeah, now. Yeah, I just had I had my phone down. <laughs> um, ah, right. No, I was just saying. I think he's on the. You think he's at a fashion conference? He's at a Web three fashion. I saw pictures of him on stage. And every single person on there had long hair, but I think Ferox was the longest. <laughs> it's that sort of that's that sort of vibe. Yeah, I know the vibe. A very like Emily in Paris vibe for in Paris. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I think I think I mean he looked. He, I thought he'd wear a more garish outfit. But he seems to have gone kind of just hoodie. But um, I, I think he's going to bust out some fun ones as the week goes on. <laughs> um. By the way, how bad was my transition into like the rug radio song? I have no idea how to do that on this. Again, this thing. just takes me back. This is like twelve months ago, isn't it? It's like just me and you doing the show before Farouk decided to muscle his way in. Um, very different vibe that show back in the day. It is. It's a different vibe because I feel like we're what you may call very typical Englishmen, and we don't really have much emotion or energy. And then we have Farouk, who's like literally the complete opposite. Like he's basically yeah, exactly. like a hyperactive. Like someone who's hyperactive on steroids. Yeah, I think I think he's <laughs> he's not just hyperactive for for Brits. I think he's hyperactive for Canadians right. as well. Like I think he's um he's definitely definitely up there. But yeah, it was a different vibe twelve months ago when we we actually first started doing the show. It was very much like this. We used to go do stuff and like, do you remember we used to host spaces whenever the market used to puke, um, <laughs> and like do mental health spaces and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> It was it was a very different sort of space. Yeah, um, different times. Now now the, the 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 whole of the NFT market rests on your shoulders in terms of giving news every single day. I said so. You think you've got to you've got to pick it up. Yeah, pick up the hype. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely a different vibe. All right. So then, do I do we do the uh, this is this is harder than this is harder than Freud makes it seem. He's so uh, here we go. There he is. I'm gonna bring him up. It makes it seem so easy, just uh, uh, just effortless. I'm I'm here struggling to fill the gaps. I'm not a very good gap filler. You probably realize that. Hey, for it was terrible. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, what's up, GMG? No, I'm kidding. What's up, y'all? How's all we doing? Yeah, terribly, <laughs> terribly. <laughs> but that's like the style, right? It's it's amicable. It's like a. But it's a different um... vibe. Different host, different vibe. <laughs> you know, we got to respect his style today, man. Though he's the main. It feels host like the British office in here right now. <laughs> exactly. That's the vibe I'm going for. <laughs> I'm a David Brent. <laughs> Um, yeah, how's uh, how's Paris for? It's great. It's great. Just uh, got done speaking at the um, uh, Future Fashion Summit with some really cool people. 
uh, there was the Red Dow folks and a bunch of other really cool uh, folks in the, you know, in the space. Uh, so it's really cool to see that a lot of people came down here um, to be around. Manchester ran to Luke and Nets, ran to Betty, ran to Kai. So there's some, you know, some good folks out here. So a lot of fun. You know me, guys. I'm home. I'm home. I'm going to have the French accent yeah, in 24 hours. There was a reason why me and Osef were not invited to this bit of the conference. This is like the cool, the cool kids part I mean, of the conference, right? I think you guys can oh, afford, for sure. I think from what I'm seeing on the timeline, I think you guys can afford some nicer clothing now. Nah, not, it's not about the money, man. It's not about the money. <laughs> First thing I bought was a Joe and the Juice tuna sandwich. And Mando, funny enough, also got a Joe and the Juice smoothie, and it was completely like on... Um, we don't have to talk about that. It was not synchronized. Yeah, it was not synchronized. I also got ill. Um, it has not been a great 24 hours for me, if I'm honest. I didn't really sleep last night. Like, that's one thing. We, we decided... This wasn't some big plan that we decided out weeks ago. This was something that we literally decided yesterday morning. Well, we'll be like, speaking about I it float- for a few days, I think. For, yeah, maybe 48 hours. Yeah. I, I'd floated the idea a couple of times, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and there have been times over the last few weeks where we've been like, well, this is kind of getting crazy with, with the liquidity out there. But it was still like, right, you could get out of everything, but it would probably cost you 5%, let's say. Maybe, maybe, maybe slightly higher, like 6 or 7%. And then... Last night, it was like you could get out of everything at like 0.1% difference. And it was like, well, yeah, this, this is now just getting silly. Yeah. Um, well, so we, but we move quickly, right? Yeah. We, I mean, this time yesterday, we, we definitely not made our, up our mind to do this. We made up our mind to do this at 7 p.m. before you went to go play football. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we can get, let's, get, let's get into it. We can get into it in a bit more detail um, as we progress the show, but maybe we should kick it off by. Uh, yeah, with you, with me. Well, before we before we go to me, just uh, reintroducing our sponsors. Fair, that's why I said. See, I rem- remember by myself there, guys. <laughs> um, I was really good, about actually. to say that. So I think they're so coming on stage to today. I think they want to come up on stage. Are you um, Who, uh, fair boys, fair girls? Are you are you requesting? Uh, guys, it's not how we do it. They didn't. They didn't request. I know they. Um, I know they have something coming up. Uh, they have a, a they're introducing a, a, a conditions to buy a new way for creators to decide how they can mint their art. I think they they've got a space on it tonight, um, and they wanted to. Uh, oh, I think they wanted to come up and speak up. a couple of minutes about it. We got them up. Here we go. Fair. The stage is all yours. Oh. Missing their lines. Oh. Missing their oh. lines. Guys, guys, <laughs> ah, there we go. Guys, there we go. Jack. It's, it's so like they didn't know. So it's like they didn't request to come up. Five minutes ago, you know, it's like <laughs> we've been requesting. This we've been so requesting. Um, hey guys, it's, it's Jack. I, I apologize here. on behalf of my co-host. Oh no worries, it's Jack. It guys, can you invite up um, OX Lazy? That that's actually Cam, uh, the, uh, the founder. OX Lazy. Who I see, got him? I see. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to, oh. I don't want to steal his moment in, uh, in the spotlight. Um, but yeah, you know you... what? I, I, I never realised that was Cam. I don't even follow him, so <laughs> I, right. I do now. There we go. <laughs> so do I. Now. I don't, I don't want to steal his moment in the spotlight. So uh, yeah, I'm repping the fair account today. So, uh, but I'll let, uh, I'll let Cam uh, speak for himself on this one. All right, just bring. It just says it's connecting right now. Slow, slow internet out in East London. So yeah. Don't worry, we're getting every. We've got some great news to drop with everyone, so um, yeah, we're really excited for uh, to talk about it. Um, but yeah, we're basically going to talk about conditions to buy, um, just for the first uh, couple of minutes. 
Um, but I'm not going to do it justice. We need the man himself who who designed everything. It feels like we could, he, he could be getting slow rugged. Yeah, yeah. I think it could be. I think I've uh, I think I've lost him. Yeah, we lost him. We lost him. Do you maybe want to go through it uh, quickly, and then you've we've got the you've got a space laid tonight that I think you're you're doing right. Yeah, give me ten. Uh, <laughs> right, hang on. I think we're gonna get. Uh, I think I think Cam's gonna maybe hop on to uh, to this account. Um, let me see one second. Sorry, guys. Sure, it's easy for you guys. Okay. Well, look, I tell you what. Um, rather than keeping the listeners waiting, uh, I'm gonna leave them hop out, and then we're gonna get Cam Cam to come back in. Yeah, that sounds good. So, okay, cool. why don't we go to the um, the market update? Let's just go to the market, and then we report. can come back when uh... we can come back at the end of the show. <laughs> I see Farouk just cracking up. See, this is what we actually need. For... Okay. This is why Farouk is. Un... I've just this saying... is the British office as as a, <laughs> as a show at this. Stage. I, I've, I have a newfound respect for Farouk for hosting these spaces because when you have that awkward silence, I just basically don't say anything and add, <laughs> add to the awkwardness. <laughs> Yo, now you know what it's like. I usually, I'm at my desk usually troubleshooting on WhatsApp at the same time as trying to host, you know. Uh, but uh, you're good. You're oh, good. You're well, you, now, you know when Front Rogue just... is doing that because he goes, I guess, I guess, I guess. Well, what, we'll see how that what, goes. What he does is Farouk has this amazing <laughs> laugh that everyone makes fun of, but actually it's the best thing ever because it just fills the, fills the silence for like <laughs> a few seconds yeah, or, and then we're good the to roll. Thing, the best thing. <laughs> The best one to, to fill in like the weird gaps is like, oh yeah, totally. Like I, I love that. I love that. It's great. I, love I feel that. like we should just it's get sick. a Farouk soundboard for when he's not here. Yeah, right? exactly. These are all classic Farouk. I'll make it happen. Let's do what it. a shambles, honestly. We made it though. Here we go. Jack's off. You're back? All right, back we got here. him. We got him. All right. Stage is yours, Cam. Believe it. We probably gotta give him a one on one OV on like uh calling up requesting speakers. This is it. You know, post the sale. It's a different. It's a different side to them now. You know, this is it. <laughs> We're taking it easy. We're taking it easy. <laughs> All right, listen, guys. So yeah, won't keep everyone for long. Honestly, thanks for bearing with. Um, but yeah, no. First of all, obviously, big congrats, obviously, to the team at Canary Labs for the the big sale. I think it's amazing that to do it in such a nice way. Um, but yeah, wanted to just very briefly tell everyone about a new feature which we're getting out, which we think is going to be completely revolutionary for creators. So now on fair you know you know one of the big requests we get from creators is you know how can they do all of these interesting mechanics not just basic allow listing but you know combine sort of very interesting nuanced game theory into what they do and we're basically producing this feature which we're calling internally called conditions to buy which basically under one platform lets you determine who exactly can buy your collection in any way you can think of. So, for example, if you wanted to make a collection that, I don't know, Rug Radio Genesis holders can only buy it and they have to have at least three of them or they must own this or must follow you on Twitter or, you know, maybe you have one, have like a naughty list of people which you want, no, like maybe, I don't know, after Ovi Mando sold, you don't want them to buy your collection. So you can make a list saying, you know, they're, they're not allowed to buy. So all of these interesting, um, you know, nuanced use cases are now going to be available under one platform. So, yeah, very excited to see what people come up with. Um, it's very much the beginning, but we're going to be continuing to launch all of these new ways for people to condition who exactly they want to buy their collection based on crazy things like time, location, IP address, QR code, attending certain events. Um, any sort of crazy idea you can think of, you're going to be able to make an NFT collection from that. And hopefully it's going to just spice up a lot of the NFT creative uh, creation game. You know, we're hopefully going to see a lot more exciting new metas being produced um, and all sorts of interesting consumer experiences. Um, so yeah, very, very hyped to see how people are going to use this. 
Uh, so yeah, big stuff coming. Some would say okay, great. That- so you've got the you've got a space <laughs> later tonight. We'll get you. Um, we'll obviously be, be, be hearing from you guys. Um, what what day is it? The week is it today? You guys are going to be Paris. We'll see you in Paris. This is it. We're going to um, see you in Paris. Yeah. So bon voyage. Um, so today we're going to be talking about it more. If anyone wants to tune in, and I think we've also shared the thread up top. Um, but yeah, no, super exciting. You'll be hearing a lot more about it um, in the month to come. So yeah, just trying to do really cool stuff for creators out there and really innovate. So you know, no need you know to have like a platform where you do your allow listing at the beginning and anything like that. All going to happen on one platform in a very seamless manner. So super, super excited to produce this for the for the community. Awesome, thanks guys. Thanks for taking us through that. We and, made it uh, and coming on. Love we made it, it eventually. Yeah, <laughs> nice and Good smooth. luck, guys. Amazing. Oh, all right, market update. Yeah, you go. You go. All right, wait. I've got the jingle. Daily market report brought to you by Rub Radio. What's the word? Uh, yeah, so yesterday was actually the worst day for equities in 2023. I think we ended down 2% on the S&P 500. We ended down 2.5% uh, on NASDAQ. So um, the weakest day that we've had so far. Um, today, traditional markets were down about 0.3, 0.4% on stocks. Um, interest rates uh, momentarily were back out to the, well, were out to the highs of the year. I think 10-year got to like, 3.95 or 96%, so almost at 4%, um, which is the highest we've seen since maybe like November or even September last year, October last year. Um, but they've since come back down. I think the thing to watch out for today, I don't know if they've released it yet or not, are the um, the FOMC minutes. Um, so this is for the FOMC um, conference that we had like a week and a half ago. Usually the minutes don't move the needle that much, but I think people want to, given the... Uh, inflation prints that we've had in, in the last couple of weeks, given that big payrolls number we had at the beginning of the month. I think people want to read and scrutinize the minutes a little bit more to see if there was any pushback from other members of the Fed with regard to the policy, whether there was anyone who wanted to actually call for um, a higher terminal rate and and sustained uh, hikes and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's something I think we uh, we should definitely watch out for. I don't know what time... The minutes themselves are actually released. Just looking online, it doesn't seem like they're actually out yet, but um, that's potentially a vol event for today. Um, in crypto, we are a bit heavy, actually. So we're down to 23.7K on Bitcoin. We're down to 16.20 on ETH. So um, down about 3 to 5% on both of those since yesterday. Altcoins are struggling a bit. They're down 10 to, uh, 10 to 15%. So um, I think that move is pretty much just... Uh, just in line with uh, with macro, really. It looks like the FOMC minutes, by the way, get released at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So um, we still have uh, have about three more hours before we get those. Um, but I think that's pretty much it on uh, yeah on the market stuff. We'll see if that um, creates any vol later uh, later this evening or afternoon for, for our friends over the pond. It's definitely not been a good period, has it? The last few weeks. Um... The last week or so, it felt as though everyone got over their skis, bullish probably. Um, that's what I said the other day. There was a lot of stats about the fact that retail um, money had come massively into stocks over the last three weeks. Um, and all that call-put-put um, ratio stuff had, had switched the other way. Um, and then you get a bad inflation figure, you get a strong employment figure, you get some very strong economic data coming out. It looks increasingly like 
it's going to be a, a strong, stronger economy than people expected in the US and maybe stronger inflation. And that is maybe not what people were gearing up for, right? I think at the start of, start of this year, people were probably expecting for a weaker economy than most people thought and inflation coming down quicker than expected. So um, it's causing some pain out there for sure. Um, and I think it, I don't think it's necessarily terrible for markets that, at least for stocks, that environment. But um, it's it's definitely not what was not what was expected, and you always have to see a repricing of everything uh, on the back of it. Yeah, I think we're in. I'd agree. I think we're just in this like precarious period right now where we thought we were out of the woods potentially, and now maybe we're not out of the woods. And the data can go kind of like one of two ways, really. Like it can either that was just like um, uh, a bit of a stumble and we continue in the way we want to continue or you know, we didn't see inflation come as low as we wanted to. So um, we're not really going to know the answers to those questions without more data and then we'll, we'll get them um, at the beginning of next month, basically. So Crypto is um, still outperforming though, right? Crypto is like, strong, yeah. I mean, if you look at it on like a two or three week time frame, it's outperformed massively, right? Massively. Like Bitcoin is still near 24K and stocks have been really hammered over the last couple of weeks. ETH is still at 16, 17 area. And similarly, like they haven't really broken like down below 1500 or 20K. So definitely outperforming. That's a, that's a very good sign. I think to, if you're in crypto, you're probably well insulated right now. We've spoken about why that might be in the past because of um, a big switch out of stable coins into, into ETH and Bitcoin. But um, for now, it feels as though if you're going to be long any sort of risk asset, crypto is is not the worst one to be involved in. Yeah, I th- I agree. I think it's it's a funny one because if you look at something like ETH, it's still up what like fifty percent on the year, but it's also still down sixty or maybe even seventy. No, 70%. it's not fifty percent. When was it? What was the beginning? Oh, twelve hundred, right? Yeah, it's something like thirty five percent. Thirty five percent. Okay, sorry, got got overexcited there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so up thirty percent on the year. Um, but it's still down sixty. Or There's a lot 60. of altcoins which which have yeah. moved a I lot. Mean, yeah, I wouldn't exactly. want to own altcoins here. That's what I would say. I don't know. I think. I think. Um, <laughs> you think? Well, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not exactly going to FOMO into like something that's already up eight hundred percent. But um, I that's think the sort of stuff that could come down and no one would care about it. Yeah, and Bitcoin and ETH can just not really do much. It's the, well. The reason why you're seeing so much altcoin vol this year is because. You've had you've already had like a mini alt season. You've had things that are up like a hundred to seven hundred percent, whatever. So naturally, when you get that, you are going to have massive vol because things are up seven times. People are going to dump them. There's some people going to FOMO and buy them, and then people are messing up all their trades and stuff. So it's like it's weird, but like seeing that much volatility in altcoins is, is weirdly like I'm not saying it's a bullish thing, but it's like a bullish descriptor of the market. Whereas uh, if you think about like the last six months, altcoins have just been like they got down 99% and they just didn't move for ages. Or maybe some of them even just like yeah. slowly trying to Vol so is just, back, which vol means is back. volume is normally back. Exactly. Which, which um, can sometimes be in a small market. It's, it's, all, the, it's all the Chinese Bitcoins. Um, they're, they're the ones flying. <laughs> Yo, yeah. they're coming for NFTs next. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> they already did. <laughs> um, good. That was very good. <laughs> so should we move on to... China's coming. Well, I feel like it's a, a natural segue onto the uh, the NFT section by none other than uh, none other than Macro Mando. Yeah. 
These transitions are terrible, by the way. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, yeah, look, crazy volumes going through. Uh, again, um, I think it's very, very difficult to have this conversation without talking about we yeah. we did sell um, just shy of 6,000 ETH worth of NFTs yesterday across a range of different um, uh, projects, mainly Bored Apes, um, we sold some mutants, we sold some other deeds, we sold some Azuki, we sold some beans, but generally just took advantage of the crazy liquidity going in the market right now. Um, I think yesterday's volume was something close to 100 million. So 82 million again. So very, very high. The vast majority of that volume was in the Yuga ecosystem. There were some announcements there. Um, there's obviously going to be the next stage of the sewer pass game. Um, but I don't necessarily think, I think the volume is still driven by. I guess that one, that one trade. Um, you saw the Jack Butcher ecosystem dip slightly, like that had been on a crazy run over the last few sessions. I think the OPEP in addition had got up to nearly about one ETH on the back of uh, people expecting there to be a PFP. And then checks had, had kind of gone back up to towards three ETH and now back at about two ETH. Um, but other than that, floors across the board are, are kind of stable. I would say it's just it's just been this crazy volume, um, and yeah, the vast majority of it is happening on Blur at the moment. If anything, I think Blur has extended its its lead in terms of um, the uh, the volume going through. Interestingly, like OpenSea is still doing size three times the number of traders as Blur. So if you're on Blur, it's basically just whales like trading huge huge volumes, but. Um, Whereas, uh, whereas OpenSea still seems to have like a bit more breadth to it, um, but yeah, the, the vast majority of the volume is at least is going through Blur. It looks like um, if you look at the uh, Dgens Finance website, um, it has a list of like the marketplace volumes and the and the share and the total volumes, um, and it looks like for the last week or so, Blur has done I think about sixty percent. Of the total marketplace volume in the last two or three days, it's done almost seventy percent. So yeah, it's, it's extending. It's, it's extending. extending. But you're right; like it, it has way fewer traders. It just has whales who are basically harvesting blur uh, or farming blur, if you like. Um, so the question is, how sustainable is that? But you know, if you're blur and you're just like, well, we want to just capture market share for some period of time, and then if you're OpenSea and you have like probably a very high cost base and maybe you have some leverage in that company, like, you know, a potential business model here is like, let's let's make the other one go out of business and then capture the whole market. And I think those tactics by Blur are, are very aggressive and maybe even with... Uh, with they're, they're aggressive, really they're not defendable for all time, right? Like, I don't think OpenSea just goes out of business out of nowhere. I do think it needs to increase the number of traders for it to be long, long-term, but definitely it's aggressive, it's working, obviously very low marketplace fees, um, I don't know how much revenue this is really making for Blur, other than the token that it, that obviously um, it keeps it's kept in the treasury. But um, definitely seeing the majority of volume happening there. Should we should we talk about what like how this whole thing happened? Like it does feel yeah. as though that that deserves to deserves a pretty sizable section, right? Um, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So this was just like a conversation that started probably a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about. The amount of liquidity that was coming back into the space, and um, just to give a little bit of a background, like me and Ovi, we used to trade liquid markets for a long, long time. 
um, just over just over ten years for both of us. Um, quite big portfolios, very similar to this, um, but in a different asset class. It was in distressed and high yield credit, um, and just from trading a, a, an asset class like that, where generally you held a position for average was a few days, but it could be weeks, months, and often you got caught in very big positions. And you had to have very large conviction. And, you know, if things went wrong, you got absolutely screwed. But if things went right, you had, you know, you could be sitting on very, very large, unrealized loss, uh, gains. Um, you just start to appreciate liquidity a lot in the market. And I was just speaking to OV for, for the last few days and, and just been like, look, you know, three or four months ago, Ben Dow nearly went bankrupt. Um, at that time, Bored Apes went to 40 or 50 ETH. And pretty much that 2022, we, we would always kind of track it, but you'd, you'd get kind of single-digit board ape sales per day. Like after the January, February, maybe even March madness, um, it really was a very, very quiet bit of the market. Um, and then it's just exploded recently. And I just think what, what we started to consider is how much you value liquidity at those moments or like how valuable liquidity is. So... In that moment when Bendow went was going lower, or any of the, you know, I've been trading NFTs now for just over two years, and um, at all times, well, probably about four or five times a year, there's always a really desperate moment where it feels as though the market's all going to go to zero, and people want their liquidity on some good, some good stuff, like, and that that's been through a bull market and a bear market. You just have those periods throughout a whole year. And at those times, just like at the bend out time, liquidity is just worth so much. Like you can get, you can make real returns, crazy returns during those periods. Um, and that's really how, in my experience, and I guess maybe Ovi can speak about this as well, but that's, that's how you make money in a liquid markets. You are liquidity when nobody else is liquidity. As, as well as having good, strong conviction views, it's having liquidity in a liquid market when no one has when no one has it. And three or four months ago, no one had it. And it would you could have bought, I think even Spencer did crushed it by buying a bunch of uh, having liquidity at that stage and being able to buy a bunch of assets that he liked. Um, and now it's cheap. You know, like if we were to try and get out of and the majority of our assets across the board have always been flaws because we felt like that was even the most liquid. If if I tried to get out of that a few months ago or even a month ago, two months ago, it would have tanked the floors. Um, it would have been a very, very messy sale. It would have, um, yeah, just it would have been a, a very, very difficult thing to do. You've seen people try to even do it with things like CryptoPunks, right? Several times people have tried to come to big auction houses, try and jump support to sell like 100 CryptoPunks or smaller. And you always get lower than expected valuations because it's very difficult to, to monetize a portfolio like that. Um, and then suddenly it was just on the plate. And I think we just said to ourselves, look, if someone came to you before in our old jobs and they said, look, you're up, you had a decent P&L and you could liquidate a liquid portfolio with a drop of a hat and not really affect your P&L, doesn't really affect the market. And obviously we are, you know, we're, we, we do really care about the NFT space and we also want to be seen here as, you know, founders, um, kind of people that are going to be stuck around. We don't want to. We don't want to like you know kick it on the way out. 
we wanted to we wanted to exit this in the in the cleanest way possible, and it was just presented to us in such an, an obvious way that we felt right. Well, let's get out when liquidity suddenly is ubiquitous, and then we can we can reassess stuff. You know, at some point in the next eighteen months, twenty four months, when which I think will be one of many when liquidity is very very um, expensive. And that would be a perfect time to redeploy. So that's just kind of how we look at risk. That's it was nothing to do with the board apes. Like board apes has always been, um, we're, we're like seed investor in in Yuga. We're a seed. Um, we still own like a ton of. We we didn't sell here. Interestingly, we didn't sell any non floors because actually the rare assets right now are kind of compressing with the floors because all the volumes happening at the floors. So we didn't sell any of our of our rares. In things like other deeds, we sold some, some, but not many, and we didn't sell um, them in like the mutants. We kept our M two mutants, but other than that, we just felt like if you had a decent bucket of uh, floor uh, assets, this just seemed like a no brainer. And this, we will, we will be around. Don't worry. We're like we're gonna, we are look, looking at this space. We just think that now is maybe the time to take that liquidity, and there will be a time to deploy it, which is when it becomes far more um, expensive. Chad. <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh... I mean, I mean, come on. That tweet was crazy. Like, that Mando tweet, I, I woke up this morning, everybody hit me up on the side. Wait, Mando and OSF own 71 apes? I'm like, yeah, I thought that was something known. And I kept getting texts all night. Why are people asking me about Mando and OSF? And then next thing you know, I see the NFT Now tweet about UMFers selling it, and I got to pin this tweet. I go to read Mando's tweet that reads, after a lot of thinking, uh, after a lot of thinking, t- today we decided to utilize current NFT liquidity and take profits on our apes and mutants. We still own a lot of Yuga assets and continue to be bullish on what they're building. This team changed our lives. We paid for re- royalties. We will be back. I thought that was such a chat thing to say. Uh, and I love that you guys went, you know, and you know, I know we obviously have our royalties a lot on this stage, and we're obviously on the pro side. And I think it's really cool that you guys went even ahead and like paid that royalty. And we all know a lot of people were rather pocketed that what? What are we talking about? 300 grand? Two, 300, 400K? I don't even know how much royalties you got picked to you guys yesterday, but you went ahead and paid it. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> that was the first thing. I was just like, when we, when we did the trades, we were like, we're fucking paying royalty, like paying every cent of royalties. Um, because at the end of the day, like we did well on this trade because the Yuga guys did so well on delivering value to us as holders. So like, for me, it's like, I'm more than happy to, uh, to pay that to, um, as, as like a thanks, even though we didn't really have to. And yeah, I'd agree. Like, look, the, I think the important thing, and a lot of people are like, oh, like, did your guys view change on Yuga or are you not bullish NFTs or are you not bullish apes and that kind of stuff? And it's like, no, it doesn't really change any of that, to be honest with you. And we still have a ton of NFTs that we own together and we own individually and as michael said we still own mutants we still own other side we still own sewer passes we both angel invested in yuga as well so our exposure to yuga is still i still own a shitload of ApeCoin. so our exposure to yuga is still like extremely high and i still think they're the best um uh creator in this space and i think they're going to continue to deliver value for everyone but look there comes a point where you've just got to take some profit right like we've been running this trade for uh for almost two years like a year and a half and we monetize some of the ape coin uh, well we monetize all the ApeCoin before buying back in last year. And um, it's very rare to get this much liquidity on that much size without damaging the market. And if we tried to sell all our apes six weeks ago or one year ago, 
it would have moved the floor price a lot. It would have impacted it a lot. It would have gone down a lot and people would have been upset with us and we kind of would have felt a bit guilty about it. Whereas like we were able to sell the whole thing um, in, in one go without impacting the floor price. Like, will that have medium or longer term effect? P- possibly. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how long this liquidity um, uh, availability will last for, but we were able to do it in a pretty clean transaction without impacting anyone really um, apart, apart from maybe the person who bought it. And you have to um, assume that uh, he put up that liquidity because he was fine to buy at that price. Um, and so for us, it was just like, cool, we can monetize what we have in a very clean and efficient and easy way, something that we weren't really sure how we would have done before this. And I have to say, like taking profits on something versus being bullish on what you took profits on, those two things are not mutually exclusive. You can still feel the same way about both, but there has to come a time where you decide to, uh, um, you know, decide to take a print. And uh, we just felt the time was right for both of us then. Yeah, look, we've we've we did run this bag through the bear market. Obviously, we did we we actually sold our eight point when, when we basically got it. But um, the you know it, it, it it's not like we didn't um, we didn't have conviction on this trade for a long long time. It's funny, like looking back on those texts of I only just saw that thread again today of like the very very early conversations we had about it. Um, Obi, Obi, Obi posted a thread today, which is like, uh, maybe you can pin it, which is some of the very early conversations we had about getting in and out of board apes. And then we've just kind of held them ever since. But um, yeah, it's, we would have, honestly, I think we would have held them for a long, long time um, if it wasn't this perfect when it comes to the liquidity style of stuff. And um, we still think there's a lot of upside. I still think there's a lot of upside in, also, the ETH price is what um, Raul Paul is saying. Like for blue chips, like punks and apes, you could actually just see their their floor prices stay relatively stable or migrate slightly higher with a wealth effect. Um, but they'll maintain if ETH doubles, the floor price will maintain, and that got me thinking as well. Well, you are kind of long ETH, I guess, but with a little bit of a kicker. Because you'll probably get a wealth effect. Like I think if ETH doubles, you could see punks and apes head towards 100 ETH. So you, maybe you get like a 20% kicker on the back of owning the um, owning the NFTs as well. But um, and I actually we even said to ourselves like we think that board apes were on an uptrend here. They they could go to 100 ETH. Um, it feels as though out of all the other projects people keep on coming back to them and just being like they keep on delivering and people believe in the IP and all this sort of stuff. And that's worth so much given everyone else seems to be failing at it. So we kind of felt like it could go that way. And I think we just, <laughs> we mentally said to each other, it's going to be fine if that happens. Like just, just uh, move on. Yeah. I'm ready to, we did, we did the same thing with ApeCoin. We sold our ApeCoin too early and the whole thing just pumped and we we're like, that's fine. We just want to take the profits here. And I think we're, I don't, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see apes go higher, go to a hundred and, you know, maybe Matchy makes um, money on that trade. Like hopefully it does. Cause I think it's better for everyone to make money in the space. Um, and we just had to like mentally prepare ourselves for that if it does happen. But um, look, you can, you can't chase every single cent of or penny of profit out there. You have to find a point where you're willing to take it for yourself and, um, and figure it out after that. And we just had the opportunity to do that. And like Michael's right, like the, the amount of times I remember being having these like one year or two year long trades in my old job, and you're just like, shit, I've got this trade on, and it's, it's a great trade, I've made loads of money on it, but man, like if I if I start to sell it, everyone's going to catch wind of it, and they're all going to jam it against me, 
and you always had those problems of actually being able to monetize and liquidate your trades and um we just i guess we kind of just got lucky with blur and everything and, and that we just got this opportunity to do it and um you know when you think about it that way uh it just makes sense i think we just had to do it so um yeah like cyrus is cyrus in the crowd i remember we had him on we had him on Rect radio at the time and he said you know i've got paper hands but diamond wrists mm-hmm. it is incredibly tough to monetize gains in a liquid assets because of what Ovi just said like you could own a ton of X copies, for example, and then getting out of them can be really messy it, and it can be really painful because you feel like you're, you have to get out of them well below, like, uh, I don't know, floor price. And you could, have, you could have really hit a home run in liquid assets and still the exit becomes really painful to the extent that some people just decide that they just can't be bothered with it and it's easier to hold. So you end up finding that a lot of the OGs of this space are actually just holders. Um, and a lot of that is just because, you know, you get very attached to the asset. But the other part of it is, it's a real nuisance to try and monetize anything with a big unrealized gain in a in an illiquid asset. It's it's easier just to say, oh, it's you know it's worth this, and then maybe you could borrow a loan against it or something like that, um, which is what a lot of people do in like the art market as well. So um, I think it is it is a difficult thing to execute, and we just got really lucky that that with Blur it became very very easy. But I do. Th- there are some other people out there, I think, with not dissimilar portfolios that maybe maybe they start to do the same thing as well. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you have to. It's even though we make came to the decision in the space of two or three days, I think we've been thinking about it for something been on the back of our minds for probably weeks. And um, it just depends, you know, like selling, set, taking profits and selling. By the way, is not always like to do with the asset prices and where you think whether you think it's going to go up or down. Like it comes. It's a personal decision as well. And this is why I always say, like, you know, trading and you're investing your money and, you, and you're investing your capital, like, you've got to have some targets for yourself. Like, how much money do I want to make? How much money do I want to take out? And how much do I need, whether it's for personal reasons, business reasons, whatever. And, like, those things are, are actually totally independent of, like, whether something's going up or down. And that way you strip out this, like, gambling or, or dependency element of it, which I think is a trap that a lot of people fall into. And, and that's what we did here. It's just, like, cool, like, this is the level... Um, where we, we want to take some out and, and, and here we go. And look, like we're, Amanda and I, we're doing Rug Radio, we're working on DJs, working on Rec Guy and, and everything Canary Labs. So, um, you know, simplifying our own personal, um, personal like investment risk helps us focus more on our other projects and, and do better at those as well. And, um, you know, I think that's going to be going to be good for the other stuff that we're working Damn, on. Damn, I thought you guys were going to take a pause now. Um, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah, someone, <laughs> but I'm gonna do an open edition first. Someone and I'm came out. up to me just to the, the conference, like, "Yo, so Mando and OSF, that's it. You're gonna host alone now. They they're good." And I was just like, obviously they were kidding. And I was like, "Ah, no, they're 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 obviously gonna be more focused on their stuff even more now." But I think like from the outside looking into, it, obviously we're homies and we host together. But obviously it's like you guys just made this trade, and I think it's awesome. Like outside looking, in, I remember when meeting Mando in London last year for the first time. And we we're talking about apes, and we were just running to Tiny's at the time, like on the Christie's pump, that first one. And he was like, "Damn, I, I bought all these apes." And I, he's like, "You think I'm gonna do good?" He's like, "Yo, I think." He was like thinking, like, "Yo, you, you know, you think, you think this is gonna age well and stuff?" And look at you, 
Look at you a year and something later, some change, and you guys held on to it, no matter how much, you know, fud, this, that. I don't remember that's how the conversation went. I think I asked you how it would go, and then you and Danny proceeded to tell me I should sell them all. No way, because I was an ape, and I've always had my ape, so I was bullish apes day one. Probably Danny, though. That sounds like something Danny Danny was definitely definitely telling you that. I mean, he's already trying to tell you to buy a bunch of punks, which I may or may not have called you guys and told you guys to buy a punk, at least now that you can afford one. Uh, but <laughs> but it's uh, I, I think it's super cool. Like I think it's so fire to see like uh, that that happen. But most importantly, like how crazy it was for you guys to be able to get so much liquidity in a way that um, that it didn't even like affect the floor at all. Like remember, obviously Cyrus was always the first to tweet that stuff out, and someone told him, "Oh, rip floor," and then he responded hours later. He's like, "We're three hours in, and the floor has not even budged." Ovi, do you want to talk about how that trade even happened? Because we were just, this was like 4 a.m. that we were having this conversation. But um, which, which trade? Sorry, the. the yeah, the, like the apes. It was just like crazy to me how you told me, yeah, you, you just go through it. Like it was like 0.1 difference each time you sold them, right? Oh, dude. Yeah. It, it was like, so basically, lunchtime yesterday, we're like, shall we do this? And then we were like, yeah. And I was like, I've got to go play football. So let me just get some fresh air and come back. And, um, if we're good, let's do it. So I think by the time I got back, it was probably like 10.30 p.m., late kickoff, and unfortunately we lost like 10.2, so I wasn't in the best of moods. Exactly. I really yeah. did not. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was pretty, I was pretty pissed 10? off, actually. And you <laughs> post me about football? Dude, I don't even... I can't play with you. You're not good enough. We had a weak team. We had a weak team. And they were very good as well. But anyway, um, so then I was like, okay, well, I better eat some dinner. So I like, ordered an Nando's and the wrap, chicken wrap that I got was like half the size that it usually was because I guess like they're running out of chicken at that time of the night. So I was like even more pissed off because I was like quite hungry. Um, and then I sat down and we're like, okay, so we had like all our apes staked on Bendow and I had mine staked on the ape website. So we had to like unstake everything, send it all to um, uh, an address, which was a hot wallet address because we had to use a hot wallet to put it to put it on blur and it's like those moments are so fucking nerve-wracking because you're just like transferring like you know millions of dollars of assets and i'm just there like fucking putting in like some number like number pad like numbers into my ledger and stuff it's like it's, it's pretty it's kind of like insane when you think about and it. we lost like 15 of the apes during the transfer as well oh yeah god we had this moment where i was like dude i only see 57 apes are you sure you sent them all amanda was like yeah i sent no. them all and I, I was like my heart just sank i was like what the fuck and then basically what happens is when you unstate them from Bendow, they go into your um, hidden folder on OpenSea. So we were there for like 15 minutes. being like, what the fuck happened? Like, did we just send them to the wrong address? Like, where the hell did they go? But um, eventually we found them. And then you, so you load them all into Blur. And um, when you go onto Blur and you go into your portfolio, you can like um, filter by collections. We went to Apes and it's like, cool, like here's the top bid for um all your apes and the, the only annoying thing is we couldn't do it all in one transaction because i think it was like 78.18 bid for 44 apes so i had to like hit that bid on 44 apes then i had to refresh the screen and then there was like a 78.17 bid on 10 apes something like that so I had to hit that bid on 10 apes so i had to do about five or six transactions on the apes. i couldn't do it in one clean sweep which i think is something that would be useful to have on blur um but each time i was like shit is like is he going to pull the bid is he going to pull the bid and then um, I guess he never did, or maybe he wasn't um, at the screen, or maybe he's just fine taking the risk. I don't know. Um, so yeah, and it, it, took, it took. I mean, still, even then, it took me about five minutes, maybe seven minutes max, to just do the whole thing, which is just—it's just insane. Like I'm telling you, like that level of liquidity and speed and ease of transaction is actually like a billion times easier than anything I've ever traded 
<laughs> like, in our old jobs, traded. in our old yeah. jobs, that, that is a market which is, I mean, probably a hundred times bigger. Yeah. Or, no, sorry, probably fifty times bigger, right? We probably have like former colleagues and clients out there trying to sell some fucking shitty distress bond that they cannot get a bid on and they haven't been able to get a bid on for weeks, months, possibly even years in some cases, right? So um, it's funny because like we get a lot of stick from our from the people we used to work with who are like, ah, oh, well, you guys have all this pay, like pay for money, but you can't monetize it. You can never really sell it. And it's like, cool, well, we just kind of like sold the whole thing in a few minutes and got all the money. So um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty this incredible. Is wild, <laughs> this is just incredible. wild. This is how wild it is. That, that hasn't been the case ever for board Age or CryptoPunks, right? This is just something that's happened in the last yeah. week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like remember, remember, the, um, remember that time someone tried to auction 150 punks at Sotheby's and they pulled, I was pulled the auction? I was at the auction. Right? I was there. Yeah. We were, and then they were like, well, auction was pulled. Like, what are we doing? You could, you could literally. I mean, punks in so many of those, right? Yeah. Like, they, so many punk auctions, which all came below expectations. And part of that of, is like, you know, non crypto buyers, but also like portfolio bids always trade at a discount, right? They just always do. Um, we know that from our like history as well. Like, if you're trying to get out of huge size, it's got to come at a discount, and yeah, uh, it just. Wasn't a thing. discount. <laughs> thing, if, we, if we go around saying, hey, we want to sell 72 apes, who wants to buy them all? Any prospective buyer or fund is going to be like, cool, like, I'll, I'll buy them, but I'll bid you back like 30% below the floor price or 20% below the floor price. Or, and even that's like probably a good bid. You know what I mean? So, like, for you to be able to sell that much size at the fucking, like, by the way, it's not even at the floor price, it's above the fucking floor price because the guy's like bidding 78.18 and he's listing his own apes at like 78 at the same time. So, it's literally an inverted market, <laughs> uh, and you can, if you have the capital, you can like just trade that and make a tiny like pick up pennies in front of a steamroller. But it's literally so you're, you're selling it like you're getting offer side liquidity, which for anyone in traditional markets will understand like that's just insane. So yeah, like that amount of liquidity is insane. Like I have to say, I don't know how long this is going to last for. <laughs> you, you, well, you have he's to think making a, money, right? I yeah, think, I, I didn't know who a bar was, but then it became clear that. I think the airdrop must have been something like four million dollars, and I'm hearing anecdotally, which is which is not s- small, right? He, um, he'll probably make a shitload of money from the next airdrop. That's the thing, like, and he'll probably make a shitload of money from the apes as well. Like, bro, I'm sure you guys use he's going to do more stuff. Yeah. Liquidity, it's okay. You don't have to tell him and comfort him. He's going to make money. It's uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I think you, I think you, one, one, one or another. another, you know, that was <laughs> the single greatest move. Like, it is literally, it's funny. Um, I laugh because again, Cyrus. He's the, at this stage, Cyrus, just fucking come up on stage, dude. We keep quoting him. But it was so funny because I was walking just now and I was reading some of your tweets, Mando, that I was I was commenting on. And then and then you said, take liquidity when it is plentiful, deploy it when it is sparse. And then Cyrus goes, motherfucker just ex- executed one of the greatest trades in the N- history of NFT and it is still on this app tra- tweeting. Put the phone away and go have a drink or something to celebrate. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I was in bed. I was in bed. Man has been throwing up all day. It, he didn't say what made him sick. NFT Paris yeah, I had to is going to be for a flight fun, at five thirty this morning. Yo, your rec show is going to be. I, I went flight. to bed for like an hour. It was. It was. It was tough getting ratioed that hard. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's that. And I think apart from that, nothing changes for us. We're just going to do the same shit every day. So I'll still take the bus. I'm taking next week off though. <laughs> Actually, you are taking next week off, aren't you? OSM? Well, I'm in, du- I'm in Dubai. Next- I'm not taking the week off. I'm, I mean, last I um, checked, you said you can't uh, be on the show all week, so that is taking a week off in theory. Well, I'm, I haven't, I'm having like a an art 
exhibition thing in in Dubai in in the in the trad art world. So um, yeah. booked his flights last night. Oh, uh, so Dubai? I did change my that's us. I mean, isn't that where all those people go with crypto and all that? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um. But yeah. That's uh, apart from that, nothing changes. So should we move on to the other topics? What other topics? Yeah, do we usually, have? like what you do is you make it smooth. So like you go, th- you and I know what you're looking for. You're looking <laughs> for that one tweet right now. What you're going through is you're looking for the tweet from Mendo. He didn't even pin the uh, topics, which is what I love. It's fine. I, I've been trying to pin a little bit. I mean, you know, I, um, you know, Mendo, I was trying to ask you something just be- while OSF finds her topics. Do you think that your decision um, to sell those apes and take the creative stuff changed since you became a father? I know that's a different, weird question or different kind, but do you think your mindset in this space? Was, it's a deep was, question. Yeah, but I was thinking about it yesterday. This morning I was talking to Ovi when I found out, and I was like, well, Mando is a father, so I'm, I'm assuming he thinks differently now. Like, Do you, do you think this thing changes the way you think? I don't know. There's a lot of parents in our audience. You never know. I, it is statistically proven that traders who have kids take less risk. Like it's there's there was a couple of famous studies I think done um, on on traders to do that. That being said, as you know from kind of seeing some of the trades I've done, I don't think my risk tolerance has changed since since having the baby. In fact, I've kind of gone into a lot of levered crazy stuff over the last um, over the last couple of months just because I wanted to capture the bull market as much as possible. Um, but there's no doubt that you know this morning. You wake up and think, "Oh, you know, that's that's great. That's um, that's kind of you know protecting a future there." And I, like, it does. I, I don't think it maybe affects my risk tolerance, but it does make me. It maybe will affect my um, threshold for getting back in. Like, I'll probably wait until it feels pretty horrific out there for me then to go back in, and I might go in quite big then. But I, I'm not just. The amount of people in our DMs <laughs> on the comments on the back of this, which is like, oh, are you going to FOMO into uh, Pepe checks now? Are you going to FOMO into VV checks? Are you going to FOMO into, into, you know, I don't know, Gutter Cat Gang or just like just the most random stuff? Everyone just was like, yeah, here we go. Um, you should buy loads of these. Get, hit me up if you need some help getting into ordinal punks. I'm just like, yo, are oh, you, you going to? I didn't just this, sell uh... a ton of illiquid assets to FOMO in to a bunch of other liquid assets. The only reason that we sold was to get liquid. So um, I think my threshold for getting back in in a big way will be, will be slightly higher. And maybe that's, maybe that's because I'm a father too. We, we've told ourselves we're going to keep, just keep this. We kept it in ETH. I, I sold what I had to do for taxes. Um, kept it in ETH and I'm not going to do anything for a week just because um, your vi- I think your, your vision can sometimes be clouded when you just have a big trade like that. And I think... I'd rather think about deploying that capital a lot more clearly. And um, it's tough, you know, it's tough to do. You make a big sale, you're like, oh, what should I ape into now? And I think that's uh, some, sometime, sometimes where you can trip up and, and make decisions that aren't, um, that aren't objectively um, analyzed. And so I think like taking a week, probably even two weeks for me because I'm out the next week, um, a week and a half, I guess, is, uh, is the right thing to do and then think of, figure out how to use that capital. But but, um, to be but honest, genuinely, if you wanted to FOMO into a liquid asset, you'd probably FOMO straight back into apes, right? That's yeah, what, but this is the thing. Like, this is the thing. <laughs> like we're waiting for the, the liquidity is the thing that's so cheap right now. We're waiting for that to become more expensive. I think. 
I love that. Yeah. Congrats, boy. Uh, you deserve it, honestly. Like, as a friend, I thought it made me really happy. Like, I called Ovi screaming this morning, like, literally. And then my, Vanessa's like, what the fuck is going on in this bedroom? Like, we're in the hotel. I'm like, dude, like, this is what happened. And she was like, holy shit. <laughs> but I think, I think it's super cool. You guys are deserving, and you're really great founders. So it's cool that it, we all know you guys are just going to, like, you know, obviously double down on what you guys are doing and building. So it's cool. By the way, I know, you know, there's this asset. I, I think Canary Vault only has 180 rugs. So if you want to top that up to like 200 rugs or maybe 300 rugs, um, you know, not to shill or anything, but I'm playing. <laughs> I was like, a, yes, I was like, how, I was like, how pissed would Matt would Ferret be if we just dumped all yo, our rugs? Yo, it wants to make it. I swear to God, I swear to God, he said rug radio question mark. And then he said, <laughs> then he said, lol. Uh, oh my God. Dude, it, if they make it to Brett Sheeran. Can you imagine? Was it, was it Brett Sheeran that sold all those... Uh, we it was no, we made a new wallet we, we made a new wallet because we wanted to i feel like bread sharing is maybe even a bit a bit just for those who don't know bread sharing is the wallet we usually use to sell things from so you can see bread selling stuff is us um but we, we just put in a new wallet because i think it may have been obvious put 72 apes into bread sharing i think maybe somebody picks up on that. it yeah, yeah. I, think, I think i think it's funny congrats you guys it's cool it's cool that you guys also like it's fun that you guys are really like hosting the show every morning because People get to hear from a different perspective and angles. Like, why are they selling? What happened? Is something? Is that no? It's not nothing to do with even yoga. Like, you guys are you guys are like actually like always been bullish on that. It's just like you you just you know it's a trade for you and it's also life changing money. I think it's funny because sometimes you see a lot of people on Thailand saying, "Oh, you you dumb you know, your aids, you did that, bro." Like, we're talking about money that will completely like set your family aside you know, for quite a minute. So it's uh, for a long time, that's for sure. So uh, so it's really cool. Congrats, it's fun. I love that. And now Machi, I guess, is the biggest holder of apes. So shout out Machi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how big is his ape bag? Yeah, man? Must, I saw be... someone tweet that he's at 138, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw, a, I think, a stat from Funk959 and said he bought, he net bought about 7 million worth of NFTs yesterday because I think he sold some stuff. <laughs> but he is the liquidity across NFTs right now. Like, he is his own exchange almost like um and it'd be interesting to see how that develops over the coming days like in some ways like we didn't hit him on some collection after a bad headline it wasn't like he got hit on moonbirds on a down day apes were actually trending higher for, they were up you know seven eight percent i think over the last week going into this so hopefully this this wasn't a bad use of his liquidity but um uh, he has 149 apes now. Oof. <laughs> wow. Because I'm assuming all the top ones, so Bendow, there's 634, but that's we already know it's a different contract. There's two wallets, the so 238th and 192. I, I don't believe those are personally owned wallets. Um, I'm pretty sure that makes him number one um, by, by a lot. Because the person after Machi's at 88 apes, then 77, and then 69 for Dingling. Um, so, yeah. That's a lot of, it's a lot of monkey JPEGs. Wow. I mean, you can literally borrow against yeah, that. Yeah, you can. At like probably 70, 80% LTV. Um, so his downside is only over 20% or something like that. Yeah. He, it, apes are not the worst thing to get hit on. That's basically what I was just saying. It, it, <laughs> you can get hit on a lot of NFTs. And I think apes, you're, you're probably going to be okay, even if it's over the long term rather than over the short term. But, um, I do think that that probably means his liquidity on some of the other collections drops, and maybe that becomes a bit of a 
because he has been the market across, right? Like Moonbirds, uh, everything in Yuga, everything in Doodles. Like he's been, and maybe that drops off now. So maybe it becomes a bit more volatile in some of those. I don't know. Wow. Well, here we go. I mean, speaking of Blur, guys, since you guys were talking about how you sold to Blur bids, I don't think we went over the the move from Blur yesterday. Yeah, we should. I mean, that yeah. was that was part of the reason why we did the trade as well. Like they announced, obviously, <laughs> they're going aggressive. Like they're they're trying to make make it um, so that loyal loyalty is rewarded this way. So they're going to reward you if you're only listing on Blur. And I think there's there's some sort of function in Seaport where you can remove listings from other marketplaces, which has kind of come back to bite OpenSea. Um, and uh, what are the other things about loyalty? I know they mentioned like three or four, yeah. three or four ways yeah, to show loyalty, but but basically it's making sure that you're only using Blur versus OpenSea is how you're going to get the most rewards. Um, I think the, the like the highest the highest tier of the of the boxes um, is going to be for people who who only use Blur. So. This is really going after OpenSea. These are aggressive tactics. They're playing the game theory well. Um, I'm, I don't really have a, a... At this stage, I don't really have a person that I'm more in favor of um, in the marketplace wars. I think I, I'm like a third third party to either of these, but um, it does feel like Blur is, is schooling OpenSea, right? So... What's crazy about this move is that they're using seaports. So, so again, so basically, it's really an aggressive move when you think about it in this war, uh, because it's one button that you get to click to remove all your listings on OpenSea specifically. Like it's actually wild. And so, in one click of a button on Blur, you'll remove all of your listings on the other marketplaces uh, for to up your royalty points, right? And, and it's wild because they're actually using seaport for that. So again, like they're using. Uh, <laughs> Open his own tools, like it's like using their own guns uh, against them. Uh, so it's uh, it's pretty wild uh, when you think about it. Um, you know, uh, when you think about it that way. And they rolled out a few more announcements. I think yesterday I pinned that at the top. It says three new updates that went live on Blur today. Uh, there's the navigation uh, for the bids and your bids, and then there's the collection floor price next to bids, and then uh, apparently mobile friendly. It's more mobile friendly, so they're definitely. Shipping more, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Pac-Man doxed. Um, Pac-Man also doxed. I know that's not a feature launch, but uh, he <laughs> he did dox. Yeah, it's pinned on his uh, his pin on his uh, profile. Uh, Web two me versus Web three me, and then he wrote a thread about his past at Y Combinator and whatnot, and uh, and that he uh, he had um, he had started a company called Namebase. Already had an exit. I, I believe he had two successful companies. Um, and he was a combinator of 17 years old. It's pretty impressive. And then um, Matt Wang, who is the uh, co-founder of Paradigm, um, tweeted out, backing T and Namebase was one of the first investments Fred Ersam, Charlie Noyes, and I decided to make in the early days of Paradigm. We always said internally that we'd back whatever he did next uh, and are proud to see what he and the team have built at Blur. So, look, uh, I don't think they've won this war, per se, um, because there is still a lot of questions with regards to like the amount of people that are trading. You know that famous uh, 500 uh, traders you know, number going around and, and yada, yada, yada. And I don't think OpenSea said their last word per se, but, 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 but definitely like the last week, you can tell that aggressive change has been pretty wild. And 
I'm picking up on the timeline right now that that limited time for OpenSea 0% fee is already up um, after a few days. It seems like service fee for OpenSea is at 0.5% now uh, from zero. So I know you know how they said limited time 0%. Um, <laughs> so it's at 0.5%, which is not bad, by the way. I think 0.5% like is where they should have been all along, like 0.5 to 1 point on their end, on the market. I'm not talking about roads. I'm talking about like the, the marketplace uh, fee. So seems like that's... Uh, that's what um, Blur, uh, sorry, OpenSea's at. So I don't know, man. Ovi, do you think, like, you know how that it says, a lot of threads were talking about how there's only 500 people trading on Blur, making for the you know, most part of this of this volume and whatnot. What do, what do you make of all that? And is that... Yeah, it's true. Look, the, the first thing I'd say is it's very clear that the people at Blur are extremely smart and Pac-Man is extremely smart. They've had two successful businesses before. They know what they're doing. And look, I invested in Blur, right? I, I had the the call with them. I mean, I I did it before I knew the whole royalty thing was going to happen. And that was when I invested. That wasn't even a, a topic of discussion. But um, it was just very clear that these guys knew what the fuck they were doing. And OpenSea dropped the ball. OpenSea dropped the ball by um, being complacent with their market share and not improving their product. Like, I mean, I don't have to be the one to tell you guys how shit OpenSea's been for so long as a as a platform and. They just they just lost it. So um, that I think is a testament to how smart the guys at Blur are, and they've been very smart about finding a way to gain market share from OpenSea, finding a way to now dominate market share and keep it sustained by having a slow release of their token and not just a, a big fat airdrop on, on day one. Um, and therefore, I think they're smart enough to understand that these current numbers are probably only temporary until they find some kind of solution that actually solidifies them or um, or allows them to uh, to maintain it and keep it. So, like, if I'm them, if I, if, if I'm thinking about it, it's just like, well, how? There's two ways you can do it. You can find some kind of unique solution which allows you to maintain these levels, which is a tough thing to do. And maybe they find out find something. Or the other thing is like, well, we're just going to be extremely price aggressive and just crush all the other competitors and competition to a point where like they can no longer compete and um you know that blair blur just ends up coming in and taking the cake and like with OpenSea, it's just like yeah like oh well OpenSea will never go bankrupt like OpenSea can do this and do that but like guess what they just laid off like 20 percent of their staff or whatever it was and they raised recently at 13 billion dollars right so they have investors they have a very high cost base i don't know if they have any leverage or not um but it's not as easy as like OpenSea still makes loads of money you have to think about the cost that's just like the revenue side of things right it's not the cost side of things and you will see the biggest businesses of the world that do tons of revenue fall and go bankrupt because they can't manage their costs. And so that's the issue OpenSea will have. Um, having done a big raise recently, um, having recently um, uh, laid off a lot of their workforce, and they're now trying to control all these costs um, with their revenues actually going down substantially, probably I would imagine in, in the last few weeks. Whereas Blur, like they just raised last year and they probably have a lot of runway and and maybe they'll re-raise again and have the runway. So they're at a different stage of, of a company life cycle. So that just puts them in a much, much, much more powerful position to do what they're doing to OpenSea and potentially have a situation where they can drive them out uh, and, and push them out of the out of the picture and then you know gain some kind of a monopoly or control, um, understanding and knowing the fact that they actually have a better marketplace and a much better product, um, which which I think will, will will help them keep that. And look, if OpenSea, if the OpenSea product was good. We wouldn't be having the situation. It would be much harder, harder to dethrone them because they had the um, the early mover advantage. But because the platform just wasn't really that good, 
and because the customer service was terrible and this is like a whole well whole nft world is based on community and user experience and OpenSea just completely neglected that and refused to improve the product offering um you know that they've ended up losing the top spot and it's going to be very tough for them to i think bounce back from the position they're in now that's that's a fair statement sorry man go ahead no, I, I mean, I was going to say, look, I think I agree. They're incredibly smart. And what Farouk just put in the chat, I also agree with, though. They do have this uh, early FTX vibe about the, you know. Well, hold on. Will you like, see that? I not... put in the chat, then people are going to think I said that. I sent them a tweet. No, no sorry. Yeah. Somebody else said it. I, Somebody else so said this. A very, very well-known person who like, runs well, I'll, I'll uh, pin it. information. I'll pin it because it's, it's yeah. public. It's, it's, he tweeted that an hour ago, but go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's not that I think it's going to be a rug. It's this <laughs> idea that they're being ruthless. And my personal view, and this is what I thought throughout this whole process, was that the best play here for OpenSea was to still side with creators because down the line, um, that would pay dividends. Like right now they still have 35,000 traders per day versus Blur at 10,000. And we've already seen how the majority of Blur volumes are to do with the Blur airdrop, right? It's a better UI UX, no doubt for traders. But the reason why they've really crushed it is because of the airdrop. Um, and that that's going to have diminishing returns over time, right? Um, as the supply unlocks, like in, this time in six months when we're on airdrop three, is it going to be, is it going to be the same? No. Um, and now I feel like the best, I've already said several times, I think the best alternative will be a more creator-friendly platform with which many of the top, uh, many of the top uh, collections, you know, labs, whatever, um, will align themselves with because um, they'll defend the royalties that were originally planned. Um, and OpenSea could have, could have gone down that route. And that was a defendable position that you just have to wait out the whole, you know, looks rare slash blur token vampire attack stuff that we've seen now blur was easily the best one of these but it's still let's be honest like dominated by the idea that everyone's hoping to get this token um and i i think i think now it's a little bit complicated because i think OpenSea's lost they, they clearly expose themselves for, for for what you just said like they probably had a higher cost base they panicked they kind of the whole concept they were defending creators got dropped within what was it two months, a month and a half, um, and that's not a good look. So I and now I just I don't know what the next stage of this is. I've said that a few times. Like I, I think I think probably there is a strategic advantage for some either an existing marketplace or a new marketplace to align itself with creators. Um, but yeah, let's you just know, wait and see. Competition is good. I think early on when marketplaces went at war, were competing, when looks where it came out, I think the narrative, that's something I was personally saying as well. I remember it was like competition at the end of the day between marketplaces could result in being good for, 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 for us at the end because we get rewarded in, in some way or another because uh, they have no choice in the space to do so. Now, look, Stance maybe has evolved a little bit since then because competition uh, right now was happening. It's not really competition. It's one, one, one marketplace really hammering the other one down. That's what's happening right now, right? Like it's just punches after punch. But it doesn't mean that OpenSea is not going to like try and find a way to bounce back from that. Um, I was hearing Naveen. Uh, he's a founder of Yacht. And, you know, he's a pretty smart guy, but he was talking on another, another stage uh, last week. He was saying, listen, like I know Devin very well. I know Nadav Holland. There was, by the way, Nadav, who's a CTO. He was on our stage, right? Who built Dharma Labs, which is an incredible product. 
And they're people who are like actual builders, right? Like the people who are the head of OpenSea, obviously the, the backing the investors they have. By the way, got to disclose, I guess, I thread through a, that tweet. Nick Tomeno, of course, invested in OpenSea and this and that, but that doesn't mean that he's necessarily like wrong in his, his judgment or not. And he's a very smart person. Uh, but it's, um, it's um, you know, now OpenSea has literally with the backing as well has no choice but to find a way to figure this shit out, right? Or, or to bounce back. So obviously now they've bumped that little personal, that, that marketplace up uh, fee up to 0.5% because there's no point in being 0% from a marketplace standpoint, by the way. Um, I don't think there is. It was a 2.5% that most people had a problem with when Blur was was a half a point. Um, but it's uh, they're going to have to find a way or another. So I, I think personally that OpenSea is not looking to target... Um, the traders necessarily though yes i get it you need the true security we've already had that conversation a million times and something like what you guys pulled off last night would have never happened without that but uh but uh without these tanking the project's floor uh but you know they're trying to cater to people buying their first nfts the issue right now is you buy your first nft on OpenSea, but you buy your second nft on blur and the reason i'm saying that is that someone like me for example i saw the shift in my mindset wait in my bookmarks on google chrome i always have uh, rug radio pfps uh, Genesis NFTs and the membership passes on tap so I can click on them very easily and access them and see what's going on with the market and whatnot. Yesterday was the first time that I actually bookmarked the blur floor for collections because in a way that has become the real floor once you're in the space. So blur not only is capturing you as becoming their second, third and fourth NFT buyer, right? But the second OpenSea, in my opinion, starts losing the people who buy the first NFT on their platform is when they would really be in trouble. Whereas for now they haven't lost that. Not they're not definitely they're definitely not catering to that. But we're also not growing at a pace at a at a pace fast enough for them to capture more people, right? We all see the stats nine oh five nine shares all the time. A lot of people write great threads about them, so I'm not gonna invent them, but they're there. The facts are that rate trader amount of traders are going lower. We're talking mass adoption, but the masses are not adopting our bags. They're adopting Reddit NFTs and whatnot. Like even today, I was at this uh, at this conference talking to a lot of the broader brands. There was all of them there, a bunch of LVMH brands. Uh, also, like the reps were out there. They're not looking at like what's happening on Blur, bro. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they don't give a shit. Uh, so it's just like it's just like a whole different crowd that OpenSea now has to kind of uh, aspire to get. Or in the very short term, they have to find a way uh, to solve the Blur issue, right? Which is especially with with that button that nukes listings on another platform. And we saw it for our collection, so I, I pinned it at the top. But but a shout out to Tyler and, and to Lucky Trader, by the way. Love their what they're doing all the time. Um, and their and their uh, their their lucky lead and show that's usually in the morning. But um, he yesterday we finally got deep permission, right? So I had permission the collection with Corey and, and Syndicate Dow for Faces Web Three, and then when when which was blocking Blur, so he can get royalties. And then on Friday, following OpenSea's announcement, well, they unblocked Blur, so we unblocked Blur on a smart contract level because the decision was affecting us because we couldn't get the Blur bids, which we know the, the all the liquidity is over there right now. And look at what happened yesterday night. They finally did it. It took four or five days. It was, you know, it took a little while, but it, it, it happened. And immediately, those numbers don't lie. Like, you saw the thing go up a lot. And I'm not talking just about floor price. I'm talking about the increased amount of volume. And guess what that did to the project? People on Discord are happy. Your holders are happy. People are talking about it. People are tweeting about it. It creates momentum. I saw a ton of people, and I retweeted almost all of them, saying, yo, I finally got my Fizzle Up 3 because it creates this thing where it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to miss that next thing. And, and they buy it. And for me as a founder, like looking down, like I, I just focused on pro- building like the, the the project. I'm like, well, you gotta you gotta make sure people are happy with it, and that's where the liquidity is right now. And so it's just like it's interesting to see the dynamics. So yeah, by the way, Cyrus, I see you down there. Definitely throw in some bids, bro. 
uh, and all you farmers. But <laughs> but it's just like it, it made a huge difference, right? I, I think it was over you were up, and I was like, yo, check this out. It was crazy, like how the stuff just started moving, or it was one you to remember. But it's just like it, it, it makes a big difference at the moment. Um, and I'm talking now from a founder perspective that had that did that, and, and I saw the difference. I don't care for the floor to skyrocket. It's just good that there's support, right? And we always say that. And so it provides that support. And now OpenSea, they have to respond to that, to supporting, you know, in a way, like I think Blur already put in that article, it's like almost like a floor support, right? Supporting the floor of a project through these bids. It's true. It's true. They supported the Board Yacht Club floor last night when you guys sold $10 million worth of it. Like, it's, it's not insignificant. It's a really big, like, move for within our tiny little eco-chamber space. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, sometimes they listen in. Have you spoken to anyone at OpenSea? I've been, I've been talking sp- to like- both sides. Um, it was last week when the whole thing happened. Early on, I, I said on the show, but when Blur made their big move with the royalties, and obviously I've always been quite a vocal person with regards to that, um, especially after we had them on our show, the OpenSea side. Uh, but spoke to both sides. Spoke to, of course, Pac-Man and his team. And, and they were really pretty quick to respond on that front. And then uh, spoke to uh, spoke to the OpenSea side, right? Because obviously we've got a bunch of homies out there. But it's just like, it's the same thing. It's like when, when you have the conversation, it's like, you know, it's just like, I, I don't know anything, by the way. I'm just like, I'm just looking at it. And this is, I hope. To- no, I, I, I wanted to know, like, are they like shocked or, or like, I guess, did, did you get a sense of what their what their mindset was? Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Actually, I don't. I, I my, the mindset I've gone from it uh, was like the mindset I got from from the people at OpenSea is we're gonna figure out, we're gonna make it happen. But we don't know more because they can't tell you more. Like it's, they literally cannot, right? So it's just like obviously everyone's trying to have the lip seal. But what my my assumption is is they're 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 now figuring out a way. Like you know what I was saying earlier, Nadav and Devin are not idiots. Okay, like they've been around for a minute. There's a reason even everyone wants to knock like, oh, look, OpenSea is doing this wrong and that wrong. But I don't see anyone in the audience creating OpenSea. Uh, You know, it's just like a lot of people will tell you guys or me how to do our stuff better. But I don't see them, you know, at the helm of these projects or up here for the matter. So it's just like, I think like, let's not underestimate people who can build things. Pac-Man is an incredible builder. He's clearly like crushing it. Um, You know, when I thanked them this morning for finally fixing the depermission thing, I was like, yo, like, congrats, I, got, I still got to give you your flowers. Like, congrats on your success. You know, as a founder, like, this is something very impressive in just 401 days per tweet, right? But, you know, I think, um, you know, now we're due for this OpenSea thing. And at the end of the day, I think whatever OpenSea does next, obviously will be good for us. Like, the, 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 hopefully, hopefully. But you know me, I'm, I'm that guy, you know, I always think well, on the more positive side. But they're going to have to make a move. And then that move is going to, they're going to have to think on how to get the trading volume back on their platform. There's not a million ways to do so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you, don't know how you solve that. If I'm honest, um, no, neither. Like, I, I, I was a bit harsh in OpenSea, and you have to commend like the stuff that they built and created. And when they started, there were other marketplaces. There was Rarible, there's the art focused ones, and OpenSea had the best product at the time. But it just goes to show you, like it's you can get to the top if you're the first mover, but um, if it's something lucrative, you, it's very hard to stay at the top. And you really have to work five times as hard to maintain that, keep that position, and um, you know, maybe I don't know what happened. Maybe they got complacent. I'm not really sure, but it's just a reminder to always keep your guard and 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 keep pushing yourself because complacency does always get punished. Hundred percent, totally agree with they, that. Never get complacent if you're a founder. Actually, in life, never fucking get complacent. <laughs> they definitely got complacent, right? I think even they would admit that. 
All right, boys. Uh, Ovi, that's usually where you. I thought. I thought. Well, now that you're back, I sort of just like. I'm trying to. Yeah, dude, I'm sitting back. I'm enjoying. I'm liking the cold spot, man. That's why I love the night show where TG's just out there doing his thing, and I'm just like vibing, like. OSF is not TG. You're, let's you're be right. honest. I'm I'm pretty much the exact polar opposite to TG. I think, apart from maybe on the hair front. Yeah, maybe that. You missed the night show last night, Farouk. Uh, TG took a back seat, man. He was just chilling. I know. I heard. Dee's was like the master host. I heard. I heard these. I, I but these is a good host. You know, uh, he's been doing this uh, for a minute. But Ovi Ovi's doing pretty well right now. But Ovi's just like that clutch co-host. Like he'll come and score. He's you know in the football team, he'll take the punt. You know, he'll take his score those three points and then you're home. So uh, he's he, he's him. Himothy, he's that guy. Uh, uh, Ovi, another news. I mean, we're still, I know we've talked about Bode Piao Club a lot, but it is the 22nd today. So technically today is the continuation to what's happening in the sewer uh, with Toad Mode, right? So that's their next game. I haven't had the time to look into it at all this morning, uh, but I don't know if you guys have, but today's the day where, you know, the sewer reopens for, for another play, for another game. Is it is it a new game or I still didn't really figure out what it exactly I'm was. pretty sure it's another game. I'm pretty sure it's a set of three games that people have to play. And, and oh, every wow. time you play the game, you add. We don't own any Yuga assets anymore, so we just we just stop paying attention. <laughs> stop. <laughs> we still we have all our sewer passes, man. We need to figure out figure out figure the shit out. <laughs> yeah, see, same thing. And they're saying the same rules from the previous Dookie Dash experience apply to Toad Mode regarding delegation and pass transfers. So ensure you are logging in a score before the window closes. Take a look back at the delegation here. And so they, they put a thread out about, about obviously, Toad Mode, and I'm going to find it for you guys out here. Boom, I pinned it. And do, you think, do you think people pay for people to play this round? It feels like people who paid last round have kind of been rubbed. I mean, here, right? I think people are going to be careful who they pay because I'm sure there was some paid people I didn't cheat. Or maybe you're better off just finding someone who scored a high score because you can check the chain, right? You can check who got a high score and check the leaderboards and whatnot. And I would check who got a high score and then, and then you know, toss him a bid. You know, I think that's the best thing you're going to do if you guys, if anyone down there is looking to do that. I'm going to lock in my own scores because I only got those two passes, so I'm good with that. Maybe I've got a shot this time then. Yeah, now you guys can, can shop for someone. But it says, when Gary licked the toad, he had visions of the future. What will it unveil for you? Tomorrow's sewer pass holders can jump back into the sewer for Dookie Dash toad mode. Check out our... Yeah, so it is literally another game. Uh, it's Dookie Dash Toad Mode. Um, you know, I'm going to pull up my laptop and see if I can play right now. Uh, but it's... Um, but yeah, so that's... Uh, we'll see what happens there. I mean, there's not much more to report besides that, right? On the on that front, that we'll see what, what happens with that. But it seems like you're going to have, again, like similar to last time, um, you know, um, another period to play the game. Uh, and then and then comes... Uh, I think and then comes the big summoning uh, a little after that. I'm looking through it right now. 22nd, yeah, Lick the Tone, 22nd. That's yeah. today. Yeah. We, we actually, um, we, uh, we actually messaged um, uh, Gordon and, and uh, Gaga last night just to, when we sold them all to say what happened there. I think he's pretty positive what they've got coming up. I think, I think they're, they're, they're excited, particularly Gaga. Yeah, so. I mean, we're, we're going to I'm excited here, for right? what this is so going to be. Gonna be I mean, not Gordon, of course. Um, and if Gordon hears this, hope you're doing well, bro. Definitely worth thinking about you. But Garga, on his end, uh, he's going to be in Paris. Um, he's going to be at uh, the Rug Radio Vibes in Paris event, sponsored by Yuga and Improbable on Friday. And then I'm moderating his panel, actually, boys. It's going to be, guys, I'm moderating Garga at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. And I'm pretty That's... sure. 
What, 11 a.m. just after the I'm rec I'm pretty show. sure the rec show ends at 6 a.m. Last I checked with you guys. I think Garg is invited, I'm though, right? I'm pretty sure Garg is going to be there, too. <laughs> I mean, he's invited, so hopefully he pulls up. He's going to come before that, but, you know, it's gonna be, um, that's going to be an interesting um, thing. And by the way, I know we're coming to them, but if you're in Paris, tomorrow, Osef, Mando, and I are going to be live at the Ledger and Artblocks event which is super cool. It's at the NFT factory in Paris. It's right across the street from the Centre Georges Pompidou, which, you know, recently made the acquisition of, uh, of the Punk and the Glyph. But, um, but you know, we're going to be out there 4.30 p.m. CET uh, is when the show starts here. So it's 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So for the regulars, same thing, same time, same place on Twitter spaces. But for the irregulars, <laughs> but for the people who are, who are uh, who uh, who obviously want to come link up and you're NFT Paris and you want to meet with us, uh, definitely come to that event. I think uh, I think you can just pull up. Uh, now I don't know if I was supposed to say it like that, uh, but we'll be there. Uh, you know, sorry, our blocks and ledger shit. Um, but hey, I, I don't. Didn't didn't they like they could barely get in one more person when we when we mentioned really? it earlier? Yeah, remember we tried to get what? somebody in. They were like, oh well, I'll have to turn up early. They're like triple booked. Wasn't that another event? <laughs> I, I think it was this, this event to, to every, all these people all the time. For I was going to cause like a line going out the door just, for three hours. I feel like this is like every event at this stage. Uh, it's so funny. It looks like I'm going to be doorman uh, at our own event on Friday uh, by the looks of it and the sounds of it. By the amount of people who wasn't listening when we put the token proof stuff out, an email out, and a Discord. Like, one thing we're good at, Rug Radio, is comms. Okay? And everybody. Just skipped it, right? Because everyone was do last minute, and we gave them three whole days, Mando. Uh, and now I'm getting met, like people coming. So about that event on Friday, and I'm here like, bro. I mean, Farouk, would you have signed up? You are the worst signer up of events in the world. Everyone always signs up last minute. Like, <laughs> I everyone always it. signs up last minute because you don't know what's going to happen, and then you you find out what's going to be the big stuff, and then everyone piles in when it's already like they try and get onto some sort of guest list. There is no way. There is no it's way that you would have signed example. up to any of these events. It's not fair to me use me as an example because I just like to figure it out and pull up and then it is what it is. And if I get in, we'll get in. I don't get in unless the homies get in. And if I don't get in, then there's probably another uh, uh, another event. But you're right. But, you know, um, I think I like to say that most people that flew all the way to France uh, for an event like this would have signed up. And I'm, I, I'm thinking I think a lot of people did. Some people came up to me today saying they they're, they're, they got their ticket and stuff. So check your token proof apps if you if you haven't yet. So if you try to enter a raffle, and if not, come into our Discord. Uh, we made an NFT Paris channel uh, for anyone. Uh, it's actually not general chat if I'm not mistaken. It's an NFT Paris channel. So just come by, like you know, and come come chat. Um, and then I'm just some people trying to get some meetups going. Also from tomorrow evening, guys. Uh, I found out about it now, so I have the time. So Corey, I, I tried to share it yesterday, but he's exposing our PFPs uh, in Paris. Uh, with Bueno. So that's in the Pablo Stanley Throne event. So it's from 6 to 10 p.m. Both days, 23rd and 24th. But obviously on 24th, we can't go. But I'm thinking maybe tomorrow, try and pass by because it's the first time ever, technically, that the faces of Web3 uh, are going to be exposed IRL. Uh, at a, I think it's a gallery or something. But anyways, uh, it's 54. Pablo Stanley and, and Corey exposing themselves in Paris. Uh, so basically, it's a Bueno initiative. And uh, oh, expo- I get it. You were trying to make a joke. Okay. Um, damn, that flew right above my head. Um, <laughs> I think you meant to say exhibiting, right? 
rather than exposing. Exposing work. Oh, because in French it's exposition. I know. That's what I'm thinking. You're, you're thinking in uh, French. You know me, bro. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. You know, tomorrow we're gonna be full full French accent. You know, I just need to get my French in for one more day uh, over here. Um, hey, speaking of the community, they have called on me to ask if there's any uh, reward word of the day oh. today. My new test. Okay. And secondly, on, I want to highlight, I mean... highlight the Wrecked Radio show going on, right? We got, you guys got a big show coming. Yeah, we got people. We got people. We got people, yeah. I also, also I've got, I just realized I've got to go to another space, but I realize I'm the host, so I can't just back Don't another worry, space. You can rug it. I've got, dude, I'm, 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 I'm balls to calls this afternoon. <laughs> balls to calls. Stop trying to make balls to calls. Stop. Balls in, to in calls the, this in afternoon. The, in the honorable words of... of uh, Great Mando, don't stop trying to make fetch happen, don't man. Don't bust me up. <laughs> don't bust me up. Yep. He keeps on saying balls to balls calls, to calls, right? As this like line, for, uh, and it, he's been pushing it for the last few days. Three spaces um, in a row. I'm doing a faroque tonight. You do, wait, what are you? What spaces are you going on right now? Well, I've got um, the next one. I'm going to this an art and space space, which you guys should come to, which is about the space, stuff space that I'm doing right, in Dubai. Yeah. Um. Come, come along. So, stuff I'm doing in Dubai will be interesting. So just, um, I just tweeted it if you guys want to come to that. And then we got Rec Radio with Beeple, which That's I'm really stoked about as well. Sick. I remember when we hosted Beeple here, it was one of our best shows. So Rec Radio with Beeple is probably going to be so fire. And if I'm not mistaken, that's in an hour from now. Uh, definitely follow Mando and Osef to follow along. I pinned it at the top. Just follow the Rec Radio account, honestly. Uh, it has all the shows. And we're now, you know, we got on the clips and stuff. So you guys can have some fun clips out of that one, I'm sure. And it's, it's up right across. But it's a really fun show to catch live. Because if I'm not mistaken, you guys are still doing all these giveaways at the end with Robit. So it's... Uh, <laughs> so it's we've got some beeples to get. Yeah, we've got some... Put some what? Um, all of every day he put in. Damn! Yeah. There's some people every day that, that maybe uh, might That's be there. so yeah, cool. All right, yeah. well, Ovi has to go. We all have to go, actually. So, Ovi, you uh, you go to Art and Space. Sorry, him, guys. You have to be sorry. This, the show ends at this time. You're good. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks. So, <laughs> this is when the show usually ends, Ovi. You don't know because you, don't know, you never end. You usually leave by now. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've Does mentally left like an hour ago. Music but... or not? <laughs> yeah, I'll play the outro music. I've got it. All right, y'all. See y'all tomorrow morning. 10 3 a.m. Eastern right. Standard Time, 7 3 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of Rug of Gem Web 3 on Rug Radio. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day, a good morning to Web 3 with Morocco, Seth, and Mando. Tune in live at 10 30. And it's all on Rug Radio. It's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. GM, GM. Rug Radio.